Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hi, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, today we continue our conversation with Kirsten Tesoro from National Community Church. Part one focused on the way you encourage your leaders, coaches, and the small groups team. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We especially had an interesting conversation, a really uh, thought-provoking one about how to receive encouragement, which is not something we typically think about. So I loved um, Kirsten's input on that. So today on part two, we're going to focus on how to help your group members encourage one another and how to train our group leaders to do that well in their groups. And this is going to be very practical on how to kind of stir up the love and good deeds and encouragement for one another. So thank you so much, Kirsten, for coming back. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's again, like our first one, it seems so obvious that one of the key things that group members can do and biblically we're called to do is to encourage each other, but it still requires intentionality and choosing um, to spend the time, words, energy, and resources to build each other up. So how can we, as the small group point people, as the directors and pastors, make encouragement an intentional focused part of group life at that grassroots group level? Yeah, absolutely. So like, as we talked about in the first part, that it isn't necessarily a specific formula that we can create as small group point people um, to be able to make encouragement and intentional focus. But what we can do is create the framework or the infrastructure around Mm -hmm. what it looks like to be a well-rounded, healthy, holistic small group point person so that then we are able to... um, encourage our participants to also do likewise, right? So I think a lot of the encouragement is actually modeled. Mm -hmm. And then once it's modeled, it's seen and it's carried out. Um, And so it's really just creating this culture of intentionality, this culture of encouragement um, that will then be able to, you know, create the structure that someone might say, oh, well, that wasn't the exact example that Kirsten had talked about, but this really would be encouraging. And so I'm, I'm going to try that in my group. I've given the infrastructure, the purpose behind encouragement, and then I've given the freedom for them to be creative in how to encourage. Right. And some of the things you had mentioned on how we encourage our leaders are very modelable. I mean, the things we talked about with remembering birthdays and occasions, putting in your phone, I mean, some of those same things we can actually, um, and, you know, tell our small group leaders to do with their people. People, In fact, I think we have a little card in one of our resources for um, like our small groups in my church where we just say, here's some ideas for encouragement. And we just like list out everything. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And in my small group in particular, um, one of the things that we try to do is actually um, outside of the every other Friday night that we meet, we do a once a month social gathering. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why we do that is because if we can create the environment outside of small group just for people to hang out just for them to have fun, just for them to like, literally, you know, we're not going to go through a discussion or anything like that. We're just hanging out and having fun. There's a lot that can happen in that. And just by creating that environment alone, I really feel like 
it kind of creates its own support system mm-hmm. that then our group is couples. So then couple and couple are hanging out together and right. they're going to each other's plays or couple and couple are going to a basketball game or, and there's all this stuff that actually happens outside of the context mm-hmm. of group, but it was because of the fruit that happened within the small group. Right. The more time they spent together and the better they know each other, it's easier to encourage because you know, what, um, causes them to feel affirmed and uh, feel relaxed or feel like they can go another day, you know, and doing something. Yeah, absolutely. One example, um, is that one of our, um, group couples, they had to move into a new home immediately. The, the people they were renting from, um, wanted to sell the home. So they gave them a 30 day notice to go Mm -hmm. find a new Our group totally, I was like, so amazed. Our group totally rallied around them. Mm -hmm. And another from the group, like brought them a housewarming gift and they wanted to help them move into their new home and all of that, that's encouragement and all Mm -hmm. of that place because of the bonds that happened within the small group and the bonds that happened in the social events outside of every other Friday night. I like the examples of these positive events like a wedding or a housewarming and that can be stressful, but it's also positive. What about encouragement during like the hard times of life, the lows, um, the bad diagnosis, the bad, you know, hospital, long-term things, um, just something tragic with a family member. I mean, it seems like encouragement is even more critical in those times, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I always say is if they can do it with, if if a participant can do it with the good times, they're going to do it with the bad times. Hmm. Like they're going to be able to relate and say, you know what, I, I actually, um, I know this might look different than me celebrating your graduation. So I just wanted to send you a text to let you know that I remembered your um, grandmother died on, on this day and I, I'm praying for you and I hope you're doing well, et cetera. Like there are things that are transferable in encouragement, regardless of if they're positive or negative life events. Hmm. That's good. It's the idea of weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice and just kind of being part of people's lives within the group meeting setting. Let's kind of zero in on that. Are there ideas we could do to kind of stir up more encouragement um, in within a group? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And I would say two things. One, um, making prayer priority, Mm. uh, keeping a prayer journal for the group, you as the small group leader don't necessarily have to own the prayer journal. You can empower somebody right. else to do that. But knowing those prayer requests and praying as a group are a great resource to be able to encourage the good and the bad, like to be able mm-hmm. to support someone through those prayer requests. Because when you're sharing prayer requests, you're vulnerable, you're sharing what's right. going on in your life. And there's a lot you can identify about what someone needs or what they're going through, through a prayer request. Uh, yeah, that's a really great one. I, we have groups that do it all different ways. Um, there's ones that have a text group and they just text each other throughout the week. The prayer requests aren't limited just to the meeting time, but rather throughout the week as stuff happens, they'll check in with each other and say, how did that job interview go? How was the diagnostic test? Um, and then you kind of, the whole group is in on it. Of course, what's interesting is some people will chime in, others will not, but they all read them. So 
there's, yeah. So whether it's a email chain or a texting chain or a Facebook group, uh, some groups have been really good about incorporating prayer on an ongoing basis and it makes them feel closer during the meeting gaps, um, in between. And then when they're catching up, there's not as much to catch up on because you've kind of have done that. Right, right. Yeah. So keeping a prayer journal is an easy. The other thing is what you were um, referencing with either text messaging or emails. Um, our group uses something called GroupMe. Um, it's oh. just an app. And yeah. I absolutely love it because we're we're constantly texting, you know, threads throughout the week and knowing what's going on in each other's lives. And if you know the details, nice. like then all of a sudden everyone is connected and everyone is able to encourage the details of your life. And, and if you only ever see each other at group and you don't talk outside of group, that just makes it even more difficult to be able right. to encourage each other. I think so. I remember doing, um, a, suggesting an exercise for some groups to do. That was an encouragement exercise. So it was a little more, um, systemic kind of, you know, forced exercise. But what was interesting is some groups that did it. So the exercise was you would get little note cards, put everybody's name on it, and then you would write something encouraging that you've noticed God has done in their life or some way they've encouraged you. And then you pass it to the left and then you keep going around until everybody has written on everybody's card. Have you ever tried this? Yes, I love this game. This oh, is so. It, I keep these notes. These, this yes. is amazing. So, what was interesting though is, uh, for the most part, it worked beautifully. Where people hadn't um, been aware of the ways that they've they've influenced the group or the way they blessed the group, and so like people cried and it felt like, wow, I had no idea that my little thing on the side that I said to you, I just said it and moved on, like meant so much to you. And so there was all these really sweet Holy Spirit mediated moments of that. But then I realized the important uh, miss was some of the groups did it too early. They didn't know each other. And this to your point, Kirsten, like not knowing the details and not having been around each other enough. So a couple of our more gung-ho groups did it really early. And I was like, oh no, you, you mentioned this exercise later when you actually have seen some some fruit and have know each other well enough to identify yeah. some things. And so I think there is a a timing element of what you offer and encouragement and what can be received. Because otherwise it just feels I think in that one group, it felt kind of fake. Like they were yeah. forced to think of something, but they didn't know each other. This was way too soon. Um, and so it just didn't, the exercise was not appropriate for the level of relationship. So then, you know, later on they laughed about it and then they did it um, for real. But it was just kind of, it, it was a learning moment of realizing some things people can receive um, sooner in the relationship and some things require a little more time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of that game. And, and like I said, <laughs> I actually keep those notes. Like I really do. They're very, I have an encouragement file at my desk. And if someone sends me an email or if they write a note in an activity like that, like I keep all of that. I call it my rainy day folder for when I need to be able it's to actually read. actually a great, great <laughs> idea. Right. When you're feeling like, am I doing anything at all? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? Then you go yes. to this, this folder. Yep. I go in my rainy day folder. Um, but it's so true is timing is everything. I wouldn't recommend doing that activity on night one of your small group because <laughs> it'd be like, okay, wow, you don't really know me. Right. And you're saying all these things, um, about me. And so, yeah, they have to be ready and willing to receive at some point. But I, I would just say by and large, if you know the details of 
the people's lives within your group and you make a conscious effort to teach and to train your small group point people to be aware of things like that and to be on the lookout for when the right timing is or um, when to insert, you know, a encouragement activity or whatever, or when to hang out outside of small group. Those are all really easy elements that we can just incorporate into any of our small groups. Right. And the acts of service to the, the piece of using your resources and your time that also I think has to do with appropriate level of relationship. So I remembered a, um, a group that where the, it was a women's group and she was having surgery and she was going to be out of her home. Um, and, they had been together for a couple of years. And so the group felt comfortable um, getting her key and cleaning her house and stocking her fridge and just getting things ready for her. Um, and she was just blown away and blessed her socks off. Um, and she, and I think that was so beautiful. Um, but imagine that happening like really early on. <laughs> where, you know, you may not have been in each other's homes a whole lot. That might have felt intrusive. So I think there is a discernment piece. And part of that is what you mentioned is the kind of knowing them um, and knowing what would feel encouraging to them, which then reminded me, okay, so your thing with uh, keeping the notes, I keep the notes too. So so if you think about the, um, you know, that book that's been around for decades, the, um, Five Love Languages book. Are you yeah. familiar with this? Yes. I think everyone on the planet must be familiar with this. Um, so the Five love, love Languages by Gary Chapman talks about the five ways people feel loved and cared for, which is really what encouragement is. So I would guess that yours might be, one of them, top ones might be words of affirmation. Definitely. <laughs> yes, because I that is mine and that's why I also have a folder. Um, so I think, and so words mean a lot to me. Um, but for my friends and people in our small group, the words are really not a thing for them. Um, but it may be just hanging out together, dropping their car off at the dealership and being with them and doing, you know, that. So I, the, let's, that might just be a good thing to talk about. So I looked it up because I'd forgotten it then so long. So it's words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time and physical touch, like hugs. Um, and I think it's good just to go through think that through and be aware of what ours is, but then think through for each person in our group and encourage our leaders to do the same with their group. What um, ways will they most feel encouraged? That's a really great point. Because if you only ever encourage people the same way, only the people who have that love language are going to be encouraged and everyone else is not going to think anything of it. And so um, one of the things that we do in our group specifically, I, I had already talked about doing like a social event, you know, mm-hmm. once a month, we actually try to change up that social event. So this past month, we did um, something together as a group called Second Saturday Serve, where mm. our church just has a service opportunity every single second Saturday of the month. And we all get together and we don't know exactly what we're going to be doing until we show up. But we made a commitment as a group that we were just going to do that as our social event. And so that spoke to the people who their acts of service is their love language because we together as a group. Whereas the month before we did a progressive dinner and we went house to house to house. And that spoke to the people in the group who their love language was quality time. So just trying to mix it up is what really helps. Yeah, I think there's a group that does. um, We have a devotional at our church. It's supposed to be five minutes called Take Five. So it's five minutes. So they have this 
pattern where um, every morning, I guess they set an alarm. So they do it the five minutes and then they text each other like a sentence of something that, um, that struck them about that. So there's kind of a shared experience in God's word together. Not everybody does it, but it's kind of like out there if they wanted to do it. Um, and it, it, then it enriches their discussion when they do get together later in the week. Um, cause the topic's a similar topic for the week. And so then they kind of go, okay, I've kind of, um, kept in touch with where you're at spiritually. So some people like that seems to be something that helps connect them and, and reminds them that this group isn't just about having fun, but this group also is helping feed me spiritually. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like when you're training small group point people to have an eye for encouragement, it really is like putting on a prescription glasses where you are looking mm -hmm. for where can I encourage? And it can't, the same way of encouragement can't work for every single small group. Right. So being able to encourage them that if you provide opportunities and opportunities mm -hmm. that are different and they speak to people in different ways, that's what's really going to connect your group, encourage your group. And, and the, the really key is the variety of opportunities um, through those love languages like However, that it might be a progressive dinner, might be a second Saturday serve. It, right. it might be passing notes that say, this is what I really want to affirm about you. You know, it, it just looks different. And being able to train your small group point people to have an eye to look for those differing opportunities. Right. And to notice that they're may be different than what um, our personal preference would be. I mean, I, words of affirmation will just float my boat all day long. Um, but to kind of, and that's easier for me to give, honestly. Oh, this goes back to our point earlier that, you know, how you receive encouragement means, uh, empowers you to then become better at it. And I think the same thing about the type of encouragement is that um, the way in which we feel encouraged, we tend to do that thing to um, other people because that's easier for us. So, you know, in parenting, for example, or even in marriage, um, because words are such a big thing for me, I tend to think they're a big thing for my family. Uh, that is like the lowest on my husband's um, love languages. <laughs> so it really has very little impact. Let me sing all these things. Um, and one of my kids has the same one. The other one is pretty low on hers too. So I've had to kind of the idea of knowing them and maybe with group members, um, it would be important to spend time maybe one-on-one -on -one with them to get to know what their love language would be. Yes. Yeah. That's another really great point. And that's something, as I mentioned, it's a um, couples group that my husband and I lead. And one of the things that we just felt like the Lord prompted us to do was to meet with um, each couple all throughout. So we're on a semester based system for mm -hmm. our small groups, but to meet with each couple, um, outside of group for dinner all throughout the semester. So one week we might have dinner with this couple, one week we might have dinner with this couple and, and so on, because we felt like there's one thing when you are able to pour into, encourage and pray for a couple's group collectively. Right. But another level when you're able to connect, pray for and encourage when you're just couple to couple. Right. And so right. Being able to, I mean, that's just another example of creativity. Um, and so, and then I found that like by doing that, my husband and I have even been able to take a step back and look and see couples as participants having dinner with other couples mm -hmm. to 
encourage each other that we didn't pre-plan. We didn't say that they needed to do that. It just happened on their own. I think why? Because we modeled that example. Right. That's a great idea. I wonder though, if um, some group leaders would feel like it was just too much. Like they're already leading the group every week. They're doing prep, praying for them, all that. Um, and so you say they have 10 people in their group. I mean, sometimes I'll just encourage them to, to see which two people Jesus, God might highlight um, that they may be discipling, be in a close relationship with, and they feel bad about it um, because we have the sense that like we need to treat everybody the same. So if they can't have dinner alone with, you know, one person, um, with all of them, then they don't want to have it with any of them. And that defeats the point I think you can do for a few, even if you can't do it for the whole. So we try to set them free and say, you know, if you can't, or you schedule them throughout the year, like you mentioned with your husband, then you can get to it. Um, but I have gotten some pushback from leaders saying, I, I can't, I don't have that kind of time to meet with every person individually in our small group. Um, and I've said, just pick two. Um, and then the hope is there's other people in the group that will uh, want to hang out and do that within the group with one another. So you're not always in the leader is not always in the middle of it. Right, right. And the other thing is, I mean, it might even be a, a um, financial burden to be able to go out to dinner sure, with other sure. couples throughout the year. You might say, no, I really only cook from home. And, and right now in this season, we're on a pretty strict budget and we don't go out to eat. Then you can be creative. And if you don't have the time or, or the resources right now to be able to go out to dinner, it might be a phone call. Mm -hmm. It might be a cup of coffee, but just being intentional with um, one of the things that I just really try to communicate with our small group leaders is it's not just always what happens inside yes. the small group. Yes. Sometimes it's also what happens that matters outside the small group. So yes. be creative in whatever means that you can. Yeah. And the other huge benefit of that, when you when the leader does spend some time one-on-one -on -one with people in their group, especially their core people, that um, they can see a potential conflict or a potential issue rising um, beyond just the health of that person. Because we do want to care for the individual person, but then usually it's in that one-on-one -on -one where they're going to hear if there's people that are unhappy with um, somebody dominating the group or somebody who has said something inappropriate or a curriculum that didn't work, especially for the more introverted people who aren't going to fight for the space to speak in a group, that you can have a more candid and helpful conversation with individuals. Of course, you don't want it turned to a gossip thing at all, but I know that um, leaders have gotten information they did not have and were unaware of some of the dynamics um, until they got some a couple of the people on their own and then were like, wow, okay, Zach this is going on, not just the good stuff, which is always great to hear, but also, okay, there's some friction between some of these people um, that we, I need to pay attention to. And I think you wouldn't hear that unless you actually did spend one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah, absolutely. That's another really good point. And, and, you know, with the one-on-one -on -one time, like it's, it's not going to be encouraging um, if you're only ever hearing the same things from the same people yes. and that's really where it's important to branch out. Even if you're best friends with, 
you know, three people in the group, like being able to branch out to the rest of the people in the group, because you are going to learn different things and you're Mm going to realize different things. And the Lord's speaking through them just as much as he might be with the people who you're the closest to. And so just being open to that, and that also helps you have as a leader, helps you have a better understanding of the health of your group as well, because now you're meeting with everyone and you're hearing whole perspectives, Mm -hmm. not just from the same people each time. Yeah. One of the um, responses we always get when we have our small group leader trainings um, where they get to be with other small group leaders is this parallel learning where it kind of normalizes what they're going through and ends up um, that source of encouragement is really invaluable because it's side by side versus our team say saying it to them about their group but to hear another couple's group so we'll sometimes group them together by couples or women or men or sometimes by how long they've been leaning we just kind of mix it up each time we do it Um, and and by doing that, say it's, you know, it's, they, they are with 20 other couples groups, leaders, and then they realize, hey, the issue I'm having is not because I'm a bad leader or I'm not skilled, but this is, or my group sucks, but really it's, it's an issue just across the board that marriage is hard. And so every couples group will have at least one marriage that's going through something challenging. Um, then it's like, oh, you can just see the relief on their yeah. face of like, okay, normalize the experience. And th- that just serves as a great encouragement for them in their own leadership. Right. Right. Absolutely. Which may be a good reason why you do huddles. Okay, so before we close, I have to, because you've been so active on the Small Group Network and in, in so many ways and sharing your gifts there. One of the reasons Small Group Network exists, and I have to give a plug for it, is these huddles, which function as encouragement, you know, uh, little, what do you even call that? It, it just feel like you just kind of hang out together and they just become these little places of encouragement for everyone. They really are. They really are. Yeah. Huddles are just a great way to be able to connect with other small group point people who might be doing something similar to what you're doing, varying positions. And it just normalizes and encourages when you're banging your head against the wall and you're like, why is this not working? And someone else says, oh yeah, we're going through that too right now. You're like, whew. Okay. <laughs> That was really encouraging because I thought it was just me or, you know, in, in huddles, you talk about what's working really well and you just celebrate what God is doing and you share wins. That's encouraging Mm -hmm. in and of itself. I mean, like we talked about keeping these, um, rainy day files for ourselves, but the same thing is true. What people wrote about that encouraged us, whether it was a testimony or it was something specific to us, that is a win and that's a celebration. And what we don't turn into praise, we turn into pride. And so Mm. being able to just celebrate what God is doing with other people is a form of encouragement in and of itself. Yeah. And I love how our small group Facebook page, the interactive um, page is so encouraging. It's, it's so kind. I mean, when you consider there's, you know, three, 4,000 people on that thing um, from all over the world. But when someone says, hey, I, you know, I've um, can't figure this out. Anyone can help me. And then you just have people dive in and it's not just practically like high content, great ideas, but the tone of 
you know, of how they share it is just like coming alongside. And I guess I think that might be a good place for, for us to, to just kind of land on as we exit is the tone really matters, right? <laughs> right, Kirsten? Yes. yes, it really does. There is a difference between saying you are really gifted <laughs> and someone saying you're so gifted in teaching. Like there's a total difference in tone. Like one you can hear is like force, like I am supposed to tell you this. And the other is like actually a genuine overflow. I just wanted you to know. Right. And I, that is part of, again, knowing the person and genuinely wanting to do it. And I think, um, you know, if, if someone is needing to grow in this area, so your final thought on this, Kirsten, if someone's needing to grow in this area in their own leadership and in training small group leaders to do that, um, what's uh, a piece of advice you would have for them? Yeah, um, I would say if you are learning to grow in encouragement and you're still like, I'm just trying to figure all of this out, don't force it. Mm. Don't force just encouraging someone because you're like, well, I just want to get better at it, so I'm just going to check off the box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead, go through who you think in your circle of influence is gifted in encouragement mm. and then go and talk with them, watch them, ask them questions of, of tools that you can put in your tool belt just to learn a little bit more about encouragement so that it comes a little bit more naturally and it really is from a um, a place of the heart that you really want to learn and you really want to grow. So go find someone who knows how to do it well and just say, I'm going to get there, but I'm going to learn first. Yeah, that's great advice. And God really is with us in this. This is like a no-brainer prayer for God when we ask for help to get better at this. He, he is more than happy to help us to do that so we can rely on the Holy Spirit in that. Thank you so much, Kirsten. This is really helpful and so practical. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Such an honor. So I feel really encouraged. <laughs> I'm so glad. Me too. <laughs> All right. And hopefully our listeners are encouraged as well. Um, you can connect with Kirsten on the small group Facebook network page. You can also uh, check out her blog article, um, which was posted, I want to say earlier, a few months ago. Um, yeah. But you can go on our website and look for the blog article there. And so thank you so much, Kirsten. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Group Talk. And we will see you next time. Just when you think part one couldn't get any better, they go ahead and knock it out of the park with part two. Thank you so much, Carolyn and Kirsten, for these great two podcasts. Now, before we go, let's talk about Accelerate. Accelerate the health and growth of your small group ministry by attending an upcoming strategic small group workshop. We are hearing more and more testimonies from small group point people who attended Accelerate and have seen small group ministry grow rapidly within just a few months. Atlanta Accelerate is only a few weeks away on October 21st through the 22nd. You can get $100 off that event by registering as a member at smallgroupnetwork.com and finding the discount code located inside your SGN portal. Or just make sure you lock in some of the super early bird prices for the following 2020 events. Houston Accelerate is coming in January. The Lobby Gathering Network event is in SoCal in February. Who doesn't want to go to SoCal in February? Tulsa Accelerate is coming in March. Portland Accelerate is in June. And SoCal Accelerate is coming in July. Make sure you go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash events for more info or to register. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. 
We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.